I do want to pray, okay? So come, Holy Spirit. I know that you are here, always. Well, now I invite your presence in a new way. Touch our hearts today, right here, right now, like you did with Catherine Coleman, Lord. Like you did with so many others, Lord. Touch us. Jesus said that you would be with us and be in us. So come, Holy Spirit. So communion is one of the ordinances of the church. And uh, it's, it's not a command. There was a, a lot of things that Jesus commanded us to do. Like when he washed the feet, he said, do this, you know. He said, love one another. This is a command, love one another. But um, an ordinance is a term of religion, religious ritual with, whose intent is to demonstrate a follower's commitment to faith. So we have two that we really feel like that strongly about. One of them is baptism, which will be next week, and one is communion. But um, with communion, we're going we're to do that as a family today, but we really strongly suggest that this becomes something you do in your home. I don't know how many of you have ever done that, um, but it's a special something. Every once in a while, it, we don't do it ritually, but every once in a while we just feel like we want to do that. We just want to take communion together, and so we do. And um, at weddings, we, we do communion at weddings because we feel like it really a, brings a deeper sense of the presence of God to, to the holiness of matrimony. But do it, you know, yourselves at home. And we give as a gift, we give a communion cup and plate to, to couples so that they've got something to remind them, okay? So it's, I'm going to read the scriptures, okay? We're going to start with Luke 27, uh, 7 through 21. And um, they're talking about the, the Day of Unleavened bread, bread, which is a Hebrew holiday celebrating the passing over of the angel of death. It's called Passover. The angel of death, which was sent to take the lives of the firstborn of Egypt, but spared the lives of those who had the blood of the lamb on their doorposts. So we're going to read that scripture, all right? Then came the Day of Unleavened Bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. They said to him, Where will we have to prepare it? He said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters, and tell the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished. Prepare it there. And they went and found it, just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he reclined at table, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had, eaten, had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it. Among yourselves, for I, for I tell you that from now on I will not drink of this. Wait, I can't even read my writing. This, the fruit of the vine, until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, "This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me." And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, "This cup is poured out for you." 
is the new covenant in my blood. So I asked, why? That's one of the things we've been doing lately, huh? Asking why, why do we do what we do? So I said, why communion? Or some call it a Holy Eucharist, the Lord's table, the Lord's supper, the breaking of bread. So the first reason was because he said to do it. Good reason, right? Do what he said. But he said, we do this so we will remember Jesus. Do this in remembrance of me. So I took communion when, I, when we decided that this would be a good day for me to, to share. I decided I was going to take communion every day and ask Jesus that he would speak to me personally, that I wouldn't be taking from what everybody else knew, that I would experience for myself. And this was my response. Worship. Every day, every day, every morning, first thing, I would take communion, and I could help, couldn't help but worship. It was stunning to me. I had no idea that's what was going to be my response to his gift to us in this meal. And I began to worship every day. It was very, very special. And he would say, come union with me. Is that cool? Come union with me. He wanted this as much as I did. Experience me, is what he said. And I would remember all that he had done for me. And I would remember how much he loved me enough to die for me so that I could live again. And I felt like I was dying. There was a day when I think I was going to make it. And he gave me new life. And he reminded me of that. Not just tomorrow, not just when we die and go to heaven, whatever. Every day we can have a life in him that's far beyond anything we ever imagined. Did he think we would forget him? <laughs> he must have. And that was his first reason. <laughs> That's what he said. Do this in remembrance of me. So you will remember him. So why is that important <laughs> that we remember him? It's a good question, right? He knew that there was going to be something in the doing of this covenant practice that would transform us. He knew that then. And transport us. Bring us into the remembrance of something that would happen later. Got that? He knew then that when they did this, they'd remember something that hadn't happened yet. They're still at the Passover supper. He hasn't gone through the horrendous ordeal of scourging and crucifixion, but he knew. Okay, you got the picture? He's instituting a covenant practice that would change everyone who does it. Everyone. It was not just about remembering him. The rainbow was put in the sky that we would remember God's promise. I'm claiming that rainbow. They needed to be reminded, okay? We need to be reminded. That, but there was more. There was much more that was going to happen, okay? So the second reason, um, so let's read in um, Luke 24. Uh, it's a little bit of scripture, but we can handle it. This is about God, so we'll read this. Luke 24, 13 through 35. Jesus has died. The tomb is empty. The disciples are <clears throat> they're very perplexed, and they do not know what to do. So we'll start in the 13th verse. 
That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him, and he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there and in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, he did, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Wow. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken, was it not necessary, this is Jesus speaking, was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself must have been a long walk. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he was going further, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is now far spent. So we went to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened up the scriptures? And they rose from that hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven, those who were with him, gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. This covenant meal brings with it a revelation of the presence of God. That's the much more. And he is still alive. He's still alive. He's with us. He's in this room with us. He's in our hearts. If you've invited him into your heart, he's there. He's with you. This is a whole new Jesus. And the covenant meal revealed that. And he will, do this, he will do the same for us, even as Pastor Dick invited you to consider this as something far beyond a ritual. Do you know him? Do you want to know him? Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Do you recognize your sin was on him when he died on that cross? Your sin, my sin, every sin that was ever committed or will be, Amazing, but you have to acknowledge your sin. I'm going to take a minute right now, okay? Well, whoever wants to, whoever, you know, 
I don't know what your day was yesterday, but I might have sinned. <laughs> you might have. So, can you say to him, I'm a sinner? Can you mention him? That thing that you've been holding on to for so long. That wrong that you did. That thing you didn't do. The thing that's kept you in darkness. Can you tell him you're sorry? Can you receive that costly forgiveness he brought for you on that cross? Can you say, come into my heart? Be my Lord and Savior. Can you do that? You know, when I got saved, I thought, I will do that every day. When I found out we could do this, I thought, I will do this all the time. It wasn't a one-time thing. You can say it every day. This is one of those next steps. Acknowledging your sin, receiving his forgiveness, forgiveness, giving your heart to him and your whole life. Now, here is another step. It's covenant meal that we are taking, talking about, and that we take today. It's a place and a practice that will let you come union with him. 1 Corinthians says in uh, the 11th chapter, 27 through 30, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so he eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. So, I have two questions, right? What is an unworthy manner, and what does it mean discerning the body? One of the translations says, in discerning the body of Christ, so... Went a little bit further with this, and uh, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 11. Uh, this is in the Amplified Bible. Now, the Amplified Bible is, for those of you who don't know, it, they take every word and give you all the possible translations because it's not a word-for-word -word translation from Hebrew to English. So it gives a, a further uh, definition as we read it. So read along with me. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are representing it and signifying and proclaiming the fact of the Lord's death until he comes again. So whenever, whoever eats and bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in a way that is unworthy of him will be guilty of profaning and sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a man thoroughly examine himself. Ask, am I okay with God? This is not in here, but I'm putting this in. Am I okay with others? Forgive me, Jesus. I have done wrong. I receive your forgiveness and humbly repent of my wrongdoing. And only when he has done so should he eat the bread or drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discriminating or discerning, recognizing with due appreciation that it is Christ's body, eats and drinks a sentence, a verdict of judgment upon himself. That careless and unworthy participation is the reason many of you are weak and sickly and quite enough of you have fallen into the sleep of death. This is being spoken to Christians. For if we searchingly examine ourselves, detecting our shortcomings and recognizing our own condition, we should not be judged and penalty decreed by the divine judgment. We do this for a reason. We're doing this to protect ourselves, to keep ourselves 
to remember Jesus. But when we fall short, we're um, judged by the Lord. See, when we do this, when we, we're judged by the Lord and we don't have to worry about it. We're done. We're done with it. And, we will, and uh, so we may not be condemned to eternal punishment along with the world. This, these are strong words, you guys. Can we handle strong words in this place? Can we listen to a strong word as, long, as well as a really delightful, wonderful, joyful word? Can we listen to this because it's so important for our souls? So then, my brothers, when you gather together to eat the Lord's Supper, wait for one another. <laughs> That's a pretty good idea. That's what we're going to do. So, I, w I want you to come and partake. Take, everybody take um, some of the, the grape juice and some of the bread, and then I will finish what I'm going to say. So would you come now, and we're going to have a couple of people up here, and then we'll just help you receive. Why don't you bring that bread over there? And then come and take the elements and sit and wait for the rest of us. So we'll all take it together, okay? No, it is good, isn't it? I got big feet. I got big faces. <laughs> good boy. Good puppy. Yeah, if they do, it's not a big deal, but yeah, we don't want to put the law down, you know. <laughs> we got plenty, I think. bread. I need bread pudding on it. <laughs> We're almost ready.
So how do we discern rightly the body? Some of you have watched The Passion of Christ, and you get to see what that means, to discern what happened with his body. But at any rate, let's just close our eyes. I want you to think about the following. This is going to help you to understand what that means. Do you realize that he was treated like a common criminal? Do we realize that this body was whipped and his flesh was torn 49 times, just one short of what would have killed him? Then he had to drag his cross, weak and wounded, to the place of his crucifixion. Do we realize that his hands and feet were nailed to the wood, his arms ripped out of their joints as the cross dropped into the ground? Do we know or imagine what it must have been like to have the sin of the world land on his body so hard it caused his heart to break? Can you sense his pain as he breathed his last and cried, Father, Father, Abba, Daddy, Daddy, why have you forsaken me? Perhaps in his human anguish he forgot the reason he was there. That's just my thought. So much pain and suffering. And then he gave up his spirit. This is part of remembering him. He said, yes, he did and does marvelous miracles. He made reconciliation to God and one another and to the whole world. He made it possible for the whole world. He's our only hope for eternal salvation. So we discern rightly his body. The blood he shed on the cross from the whipping, the nailing, the pierced and broken heart. Yes, today we remember this. And we look forward as we remember, okay? As we hold the bread in our hands and the drink of the cup and we welcome him and we call to him, come union with us. Be revealed in us as we eat this covenant meal together. I'm asking him, to reveal himself to you now and every time you do this, and I hope it's often, that he would be known in the breaking of the bread. The body of Christ. We take it together. And Jesus, we thank you that your blood cleanses us from sin. You did so much that day, that covenant you made with us, oh God. So much. The blood of Jesus. So now, let's worship. <laughs>